Welcome to your Latina Hermana podcast, a safe space where my first-gen Latina and Latino children can feel heard and supported, a community to empower and break generational cycles. My name is Leslie and I am your host. Hi everyone, welcome back to your Latina Hermana podcast. I am so excited to be here for today's episode. Today I have a very, very, very special guest. He is a Latino brother, un hermano, and I'm very excited for today because we're going to dive in into conversations about his story and growing up in a single low-income family, navigating academia and the corporate world as the first in his family, navigating life as a second gen, dealing with the stigmas and expectations of being a Latino male, breaking away from the toxic machismo culture, being vulnerable and showing emotions as a male in a Latin household, and just so many other topics that I am very excited to share with you guys. And I hope that you're able to take something with you out of this. Like I said, this community is for my Latin hermanas and hermanos, and I think it's very important for us to normalize having these conversations. And I want to thank this person for coming on because, one, he is my partner, so I am a little biased, okay? You guys, he's amazing. But overall, he's very inspiring, and his story has really helped me better understand the other perspectives and the other side of overall our community and i hope you guys are able to take something with you i know some of you guys have brothers or have male figures in your life that you may want to help or you want to help guide them or you feel like they may need an episode like this so i really hope if this is something that you feel may help them share it to them send it to them because again we're here to learn grow heal together and break generational cycles so once again Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys for listening. And let me know what you guys think. You guys can send me a message, review, rate, subscribe. I love you guys. And again, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And without further ado, let me introduce you to our wonderful guest for today. His name is Jonathan. You guys can call him John. He is a 27-year-old Mexican-American, second-generation Latino male. And I'll let him do the rest. So welcome, John. Welcome to today's episode. Hey guys, I'm John. I'm super excited to be here on this amazing podcast. Leslie, thank you for having me as a guest. <laughs> I'm very excited to have you here as well. And I think I mean, we were talking about this for a while now. Like, yeah. I want you to come on this podcast to share your story because, yeah. again, I may be a little biased, but your story is very inspiring. And I think that it may help a lot of people in our community because, yeah. and I don't want to spoil the, your story. Like, I think that's a story for you to tell because it's yours. But one, I want to thank you for being vulnerable to have these conversations. Like you guys know in this podcast, it's all about having authentic, raw, honest conversations and normalizing these because we didn't have these type of talks growing up and I feel Mm -hmm. like they're very needed. And uh, one of the things that I really want to touch base on, just jumping right to it, is you're coming from a single parent family, from an immigrant family household, Latino household. And navigating life, but that's one of the conversations, but just navigating the corporate world where you are now, I think people knowing where you started is very yeah. important. But can you just tell us a little bit about where are you right now? Yeah, so uh, I'm currently working in a corporate environment. 
I get to work from home every day, which is freaking awesome. But I actually work for an online uh, gaming company. I don't want to specifically say what right. industry, um, but what I do is like fraud prevention, fraud investigation, which is amazing. And in all honesty, it's something that I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, it's something that I figured out that I wanted to do just last year. And if you remember, just last year, I was broke. I'll be honest, I'm going to be raw. I, I wasn't making as much money as I should have. Uh, I was confused in life. I would cry every day not knowing where I wanted to be. And uh, I was just lost in general. And I didn't know what path I wanted to take. I didn't know who I could talk to. I didn't really have a resource of, well, how do, how do I handle coming to this corporate world? What's my next steps? And I, I did all of this without a degree, if I can add that too, which is, to me, amazing. And you've told me it's amazing. And I don't mean to toot my own horn here, but it wasn't easy. And I'm here. Um, yeah. And, and I'm sorry. I, yeah. And just to add on to that, I think I appreciate you sharing that you don't have a degree and you yeah. are where you are today because sometimes I feel like we may feel pressured yeah. to get a degree and to, you know, that everything has to revolve around academia, which, yeah. you know, we all we both had our own experience with that. And if, if you guys are in school right now or you graduated, I am like beyond. We're proud. Yeah, we're, we're proud. Like, that proud is not you. any. You are changing statistics. Yo, that is not an easy accomplishment. And I say that firsthand. Like I've, I, I went to college. I don't want you guys to think that I didn't. I did, and I didn't finish it. But I'm not ashamed of that. I'm proud of that. And I'm also proud of my friends who did graduate. You know, you guys deserve it all. But yeah, yeah. knowing that. That's not the like it's not the only way to success, yeah, and I yes. think sometimes you know when we'll touch base on this with our background, but coming from a Mexican, you know, household like our parents, and obviously nothing with Malentano, like they want us here like para superarnos, right? Yes, that's their goal for us to have that and American then, and dream. I, and then and what do you hear? What did they hear? Well, you have to go to college to superarte, and then yeah. you know, then I feel like, like that's that, the only way, and that and that plays into our our you know our deals and tias being like, you still going to school? You still? <laughs> No, yes, yes, but I, if I can just remind you guys in all honesty, um, if you're going to school, great, keep it up, work hard, I hope it benefits you in life, you know, and if you're not, don't feel ashamed that you're not, own that, but do do what you have to do and navigate yourself. I, I know that we haven't directly started that conversation, but I just want to say, guys, I started off as a dishwasher, you know, uh, working weekends making less than $7 an hour. I would work from 8 a.m. to like 9 p.m. Uh, Saturday and Sunday the whole day for $75. That's my whole weekend in high school. You know, I started off young. And I had to because, uh, so I come from a single family household. Uh, you know this. Um, I have one older brother. I can share a perspective that's opposite from the norm here where we talk about like that first generation eldest yeah. who who deals with things. I'm actually the youngest one. It's just my brother and I. Um, and I can give you guys a fresh perspective on some things. Um, but yeah, getting back into it, I didn't know what I wanted to do since last year. As Like I said, I started off as a dishwasher. Um, it took me a while to know what I'm going to do from there. Uh, from dishwashing, I ended up going into a factory job that was not easy and interfered with my school. It was an overnight job that my mother actually hooked me up with. It was at her job, which was not easy. What I did was shipping and receiving. But I worked at a company where I was a shipping and receiver, but I was also like the packaging dude and like it oh, was everything else. You like, know how hard yeah. it was. Uh, this factory would have busy seasons where we were working 80 hour weeks. I'd come home miserable, crying, so tired, exhausted, and still having to go to school. 
and that played a big factor into why I could not finish school, I guess. Um, it got very it got very frustrating for me. It got very tiring. I didn't have any energy left. I started resorting to 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 wrong things like, you know, substances, substances alcohol and stuff. And it's crazy cuz in my fam, I don't think alcohol was like the norm, but obviously I saw some uncles, some people doing it and I'm like, I grew up with the mindset that I should never do that and then I guess life happens and I did that. And you know, you know, I was a young kid, so I don't really blame myself as much, right? But sometimes we do. And yeah. I think that sometimes, you know, a past version of us may have judged ourselves for not finishing yes. or the mistakes that we've done. And I think it just comes to realize that, well, we're learning and learning comes in different ways. And and if I can add to what you just said, our past, we reflect a lot on our past selves. And sometimes I've heard this thing that it's okay to look back, but do not stare. And what happens is when you stare, you start judging yourself for mistakes or things that you made. But I want to remind you guys, you're not that person. Like whatever that, whatever it is that you're getting your past, you're not that person. You're not that person if you actively learn from it. Just don't blame yourself, guys. You're not that person anymore. That's what I was just trying to get across. Oh. And, and can we just backtrack a little bit just with your experience? I know that you said you started off as a dishwasher, right? And yeah. then you went into working in a factory job. And then from there itself, it's like you have different perspectives because yeah. you work with a lot of other immigrants. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You worked with your mom. You worked yeah. with people All of them who were, were like your everybody mom. Everybody was, was an immigrant yeah. there. Except and then the you bosses, see yeah. the harsh reality that a lot of our immigrant families, our immigrant parents, our immigrant tias, tios, uncles... They Whatever. don't have it easy, bro. They don't have it easy. They and have, yeah. it puts you in perspective, well, they're working, you know, and I'm not saying this for everyone. Of course, everyone's situation is different, but they're working 80-hour weeks. And it kind of pits you into in, in mind, well, you know, they're so exhausted. Like, they're working. Yeah. And, and they come home and on top of home, that, guys. Yeah. And then they come home to sometimes cook, it's yeah. not because they're not interested in knowing what you're doing or what you're up to. But it's just because they're just really busy trying to put a roof over our head. And I wanted you just to emphasize a little bit about your academic experience and navigating academia while also working these very laborious, demanding jobs. Yeah, so um, I did go to college for three years. Uh, I stopped going my junior year, but I think it was like the, the second. So I did the fall semester and then spring came up and I didn't go anymore. Um, but the reason for that was uh, I was tired from that overnight job where I was working 80 hour weeks. The, it, it first it was hard for me to even get into college because you know my sibling didn't go uh i don't think a lot of my cousins went yeah some went but like i i didn't really have the courage to ask them for like any advice how do i apply how do i even look for a school that i like so in my mindset my senior year i was not even worrying about that um and then i talked to my guidance counselor who didn't really guide me didn't give me like resources um and maybe i should have taken an initiative right but I don't blame myself because I was a young kid who's like college was never in my life. Like I, we're coming from a place where like it's not the norm to go to college. And if you go, it's like, oh, shit, like you're the man, you know. But I ended up getting into a really good college, predominantly white. And I say that because it's very important for, you know, what I'm going to get to. I ended up getting into a summer program where I was able to dorm and get that little experience for two months. It was pretty fun. I learned a lot. Um, and then I ended up, you know, going to the school. Where, you know, like nine times out of ten, I, I did not feel comfortable. First, I was sleeping, <laughs> you know, working these jobs. But then, like, I didn't feel comfortable with the environment. And by that, I mean, like, 
you know, guys, like for me, it was really hard going to a place where I'm not familiar with like, yo, skin color, right? But it wasn't because of me. I didn't have, I feel like I didn't have that bias, but people would make me feel a certain way. And what I, I mean is like, I, I, I would remember we had like group projects in school. I would be paired up with hella white people and we're all sharing opinions, bouncing off. But whenever I put in my two cents or I say something, they don't give me this look like a blank look. And then it was more like, okay, he said this. Let me just talk over him and say what I got to say and completely disregard me. And this didn't just happen once or twice. And maybe I was more of a pushover then, but it, it's fucked up to do that to people, right? And it makes you feel more uncomfortable when you're the only brown kid in your class and everyone else is white. That, that was horrible. Um, and then, like I said, to top it off, I don't even know. How, I'll be honest. I, I don't even know how I got into this good school because... By, by the grace of God, I got in, you know, and I got to experience that. Um, but navigating it was not easy. I, I feel like I didn't have the support I needed, obviously, from my mother, my brother. And it's not their fault. They had their own things going on. But, you know, when you're when you're the first one going to college, you don't have support like that. Like, you can't even talk to your friends like that because, like, they not understanding your circumstances. It, it, it was rough. It was rough. Right. And yeah, I feel like, especially in navigating academia, like you said, as a brown person in a predominantly white school, it's it's rough. And, and you know what? What was hard? That So we come from the hood. We talk a certain <laughs> way. But then you come here and dudes are talking proper. That yeah, it, exactly. it makes you feel uncomfortable, right? So it made me learn. Yo, these experiences made me learn how to talk proper. How to carry myself in certain scenarios, but going in there, I was a young dude who just had like a di- a, a dumber mindset, a younger mindset that I don't know. It, it was hard to adjust to that like environment, that exactly. stressful environment. And I love that you mentioned that we did come from the guy. We came from the hood, <laughs> and it really our environment really does have an impact and an influence on our upbringing. And I think that a lot of the time, because we both came from literally the same town, right? But opposite sides of the yeah. town. You grew up You grew up on the other side. I grew up on the other yeah. side. And it was two polar opposites, right? And I remember you used to tell me that you think you used to think that people who lived on that side of town had money. Yeah, yeah we did not have money, bro. We lived in a... <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And I think that, you know, I was like, oh, no, the people who live there, because they have houses, yeah. right? And all I saw were apartment building so i'm like oh they got a house oh they they got money right and then really getting out of just our our town alone was the biggest wake-up call like oh i'm broke i was like i'm not broke i'm i'm poor i'm I'm, yeah i'm I'm poor poor poor. yeah yo you're right because okay so remember remember i told you all or i told you that i went to eof i went i went uh for like two months so that was the first time I ever really stepped out of my city for long periods of time. I'd met other people who had money. I met other people who did this, this, and that. But when I came back to my city, and I remember specifically, I think I was going to Banana King to get some food. I looked at the floor. I was just looking at the sidewalk. And I was like, why is this sidewalk so dirty? Why why, why is it garbage all over the place? Then I'm like, oh my God, I live in the hood. Like That was the first time that I ever made that realization of like, I'm really am poor. I really am coming from a place that it's not great. And our city, I think, was voted the most miserable town in New Jersey or in the world. I don't even know. That junk had me like, hey, yo, hey, yo. And 
it wasn't until I came back from that little two month journey from college that I realized how bad we really did have it, you know? Yeah, and like I said, because sometimes our environment, right? But we all live in the same town. So yeah. we see it every day. We're like, well, we're all under the same boat. And it's like, you don't think of it like that. And yeah. I didn't think of it like that. I'm like, well, this is just, it's his home. Like, this I, is that. Yeah, like, I, not I want poor, you. not broke, not rich, not yeah. nothing. Like, if you take this in perspective, like, if you grow up in a place and you're not traveling, you're not getting out of the city to see what's out there, you think that that's life. You think that that's forever. And I see why people develop mindsets where, like, there are some people, yo, who are in places where they can't even get out their city because of, um, their circumstances, right? So you don't really see what's out there and say, oh, damn, I'd like to move here. You think everything is like your place. And like I said, yeah. that's how close-minded I was, um, that I didn't know it was better than my city, right? And that was the norm. You see druggies on the street. You see druggies going in restaurants while you're eating. Coming <laughs> it was at normal. You. you even need yeah. their names. And it's the norm. Yeah, they yeah. all have nicknames and everything. And then when you go to this white place that's well-kept, that's fancy, that has mm-hmm. so many things... It's just like, whoa, it's mind-blowing. But, you know, I didn't finish school, but if anything, that's what I took out of it, that there's more. There's something bigger out there. There's something greater that I can achieve. And I had a rough time when I I dropped out of college because my mindset was, I'm going back. But I kind of knew I wasn't. And it was just, it was a struggle that I had, an internal struggle of like, should should I go back? Should I not? And I don't know. It was just really hard. And to just kind of pick your brain at that, like, what were some of the, that, that internal struggle, right? What were the reasons that you wanted to continue or go back? I, I think one of the reasons, the main ones was, what are people going to think of me knowing that I did not finish school on time? That I, first of all, that I didn't finish it on time, right? Because people finish it in four okay, years. Some people yeah. finish it in three or that I don't have my degree at all. Like I had fears. My friends would judge me, people around me, my family. Oh, this kid didn't finish school. He's a fuck up. And then the other thing, I used to think that I needed to go to school to be able to get a really, really good, well job where I strive and I and I can make money and I can make bank. And that I think that was like my biggest uh, struggle with with that, you know. But what made you decide that no, like this isn't for me? I think you know while I dropped out, I ended up getting a job at the bank um, after the factory job. Uh, by the grace of God, I got in there and. I would think I'm going to make money, but I didn't make money. You know, I wasn't making anything as a bank teller. That's where I started off as. I don't know. There, there. I guess, just something in me was like, if I got in here without... That's the first time I thought, if I got in here without a college degree, like, what can I do, right? Maybe I can move up. Maybe I can't. For the first two years, I was comfortable. And then around COVID, I don't know. I was like, yo, is this really what I'm going to do? Like, I'm, I'm going to be raw, which I was making like $13 at this time. I'm making $13 right now, and maybe in, in five years, if I'm still at this job, I'm going to make like $17. That was a frustrating thought, because every year they only give you like 30 cent raises. That made me feel like, yo, I got to do something else, right? So when I thought that, I, I was either in a place like, I'm going to go back to school while I get another job, or I'm going to try to move up as much as I can, right? So I ended up, during co- <laughs> yeah, I did just that. Well, and, and before you continue with that, I just want to add on. I think it's very important for us to listen to our intuition, to yeah. to follow that feeling, follow that gut feeling. If you feel like maybe, yeah, maybe later on you want to go back to school or you don't. Yeah, yeah. But if at that moment you're like, you know what, this isn't for me for right now, for this season, follow that. And yes. I think it's important for us to have that self-confidence that although we may not have had it or may not have had the support or whatever the case is, is 
pushing all the other voices outside because those are not your voices, yeah. right? Those that those Important. doubts, those those feelings of what well, what is everyone else gonna think? Or like for me, it was like, what is my family gonna yeah. you know tell me? Like when we go to family parties. Yeah, I used to think that too. Yeah, and I like, you know the questions, and I, that's like you know obviously <laughs> that's another yeah. conversation that we'll have, but. Overall, just knowing that, guys, honestly, fuck what anybody else thinks. Yeah. It's what, it's your life. It is. It's your life. It is, but we grow up validating the opinions of others because they're okay. apparently our friends or family members. And I guess as we got older, we learned that you can't really be listening to everyone else's voice. But, because a lot of, like, you've, you've said it here, like, a lot of these self-doubts that we have are not our own voice. They're things that other people have mentioned to us and it made us feel a type of way and we carry it with us and make it our identity. Um... I used to be really scared, like, what are these people going to think? You know, like, I want to finish college with my cousins. I want to be the first one in my family to have finished college. And then when when I stopped going, I felt like a failure. I felt like, damn, I really didn't do that. So what am I going to do? And while I was at this bank, um, it was during COVID that I had a... You sparked the realization. I'm going to be real honest. Like, I had a partner who wanted more and it inspired me. It made me like like seeing your change. I remember this time you were starting your business. You were telling mm-hmm. us, yo, yo, we, we're going to pay off our debts. Yo, we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, and it started making me feel like, damn, what am I doing? So remember I got COVID and I was out yeah. for a month uh, out of work. And um, I remember when I came back, I just got shit on by work. COVID was crazy that it made the bank thing so crazy that Yo, my, they ended up moving me to some shittier place than where I was at, overworking me, stressing me out. And I decided I don't want this anymore. I don't want to be here, you know? And I remember when I submitted an application to, to corporate, like it was a corporate position that I knew nothing about. You know, I knew nothing about this. I didn't know how to do a resume. I didn't know how to do an interview, nothing. Oh, that's the other thing. When I got into the bank, I had an interview. No one told me how to interview. I didn't even know how to do a resume. Yes, somebody kind of helped me, but not really. I didn't have anything that I could write on there that, you know, would relate to that certain job. And I just had a YouTube and Google this and learn it, right? And then when I went on my first interview, I was shitting bricks because I was like, I can't blow this opportunity, right? So, you know, now to go back to the to, to what I was saying, when I applied to this corporate job, I remember telling one of my coworkers about it. And immediately, you know, I felt like they were that, they were trying to not deceive me, right? But like, they made me feel like, this is what she said, like, why would you apply to that? Nah, nah, you know, they don't even pay that much. They don't do this, they don't do that. Like, you'd rather stay here, you know? And I'm like, I, I kind of wanted to listen to that. But then I was like, damn, did I fuck up? But that same day, I got a phone call, like, for an interview. And they told me I wasn't going to make a lot more money, but I was like, I'm going to be out of here. I'm going to be in corporate. Let me see what's up. So I took the interview. It's my first interview you know, my first corporate, corporate interview. That was kind of very scary. I remember it was over Zoom because of, because of COVID, which kind of helped me out, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I put on a whole suit and a cheap suit because obviously I didn't have any money. I, I think I had the jacket from a thrift store like a few <laughs> years back, like the little suit with a, with a broken tie and I just put it on. And I was like, I'm going to get this job. I'm not going to let anything stop me. I'm not going to let my mindset stop me. And I'm just going to show my shop. Yeah, and, and it was scary because... Like I said, I didn't know anyone. I knew some people, but they wasn't really showing me how to do these interviews. I, and I, I couldn't even go to my brother and my mother. You know, I feel like I feel like they had their own things going on that I never really got encouragement from them. So I had to take that initiative myself. And I went out there to interview, and I got the job. 
and when I got that job, that changed my life. Just that little switching from a department to corporate, and I was still not making money when I got this job. That changed my life. It, it put me in a new environment where I was working from home for a long time. And I'm like, damn, bro. I used to be out here dealing with customers. Now at this point, I was dealing with customers on the phone, but it was so different. Like, and I wanted to add something um, because I like that you mentioned that there are people who. Either, and I'll do a, a few other examples, but people like your coworkers or people around your current environment where you bring out this new idea, this new opportunity for yourself and they want to deceive or shut it down yeah. or put speculations, right? Yeah. Like, are you sure? Like, are, are you they sure? They make you doubt yourself. Yeah, they make you doubt yourself. And I think it's very important to emphasize that people will do that and people may do it unintentionally right some yeah. people may do it just because they want to keep you safe mm-hmm. and they don't want to hurt you but ultimately you need to listen to your own intuition yeah. and i wanted you to share that story that you shared with me about the other um not the manager the other guy uh, who, the, the, yeah. uh, his manager's manager yes so. so uh once i had like a quarterly meeting while i was still a universal banker with we call them the market manager so he was my manager's manager he was like basically the top dude and he we had we were sitting in this room and he asked, So John, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, I kinda wanna go to back office. When I say back office guys, this means like corporate. And he flat out like he stretched his arms out and said, What the hell are you gonna do at corporate? Like what are you gonna do there? And and he planted that doubt again in my mind. This was before COVID, before I shot my shop. That made me stay at the branch for like six, seven more months because I was scared. I was like, he's right. What the hell am I going to do that I'm not doing here? I thought this I thought this is it. You know, dealing with customers and getting shit on every day. I was like, this is the best it's going to get for me because I don't have a degree. And when he said that, it kind of like rubbed me off the wrong way. That was the first um, the first time I had more self-doubt. Then my coworker telling me that it made me doubt it. And then once I told him I got the job, you know, they started asking about the pay and all this. And you know what's crazy? That... I had told two of my coworkers about this. One of them was like, oh, that's great. I'm going to apply too because they were, I think they were getting like two people. So that coworker convinced her not to, to apply there. And when I got the, the job. The same one that put that yeah, down in your head. And when I got mm-hmm. that job, that girl was more like, damn, I should have done it too. You know, and I'm like, damn, I felt bad, you know. But like this, this I feel like it just goes to show you, you need to trust your intuition. You need to be confident in your decisions. Listen. When you're 20, I did this at what, 20, 22, 23. That's when I made that move to corporate, right? And guys, I wasn't making money or just because you're in there doesn't really mean that you're going to start making money immediately. But I had my foot in the door and I feel like that was the most important thing, just getting my foot in there. And I was exposed to a new environment. And although that manager in my new spot was also kind of, eh, you know, he was cool, but sometimes he wasn't. He taught me a lot. And a lot of times I would do extra work and stuff. I was doing it because he was telling me like, yo, you know, if you learn to do this now, you won't get money elsewhere, you know? So this is why I'm letting you do this. And honestly, I felt like he was just passing off work mm-hmm. to us, but it was true. I looked at it that way and uh, I stayed at this corporate job for around two years, but I was happy, you know? I don't know if you remember, I wanted to learn. I was like, I'm going to be the top dog. I'm going to be this. But then it started coming to a point where we were getting overworked here, you know, and, and the pay wasn't matching the work, the stress, because I still had to deal with customers, not in person, but on the phone, which was worse. Because some, <laughs> you seen those TikTok memes, yo? <laughs> it's crazy. People are crazy, especially on the phone, because they feel ballsy enough to 
say things to you, you know? And yeah, it was just the things I dealt with there, the phone calls I had were horrible, the work I had to do. So I remember one day, I, I spent, this is my second year at this corporate position, which was just last year. And, oh yeah, that's crazy. And guys, maybe I'm talking a lot about myself, but just last year, what is your story? <laughs> just, yeah, just last year, I was at that job. Literally last year in uh, in June was my last month there. And I, I still can't believe it because that seems like years ago to me. Mm-hmm. And the reason I left was because I, I spoke to my manager like, yo, I'm, I'm getting dogged here. You know, a person should be making this much money. I, I did my research. I did all my research. Guys, there, there's a thing that I learned. I, if I can give a tip is that I learned is that when you're in these settings, you need to be a dog and you need to go and you need to Google, well, how much should I be making here, right? This is things that no one teaches us. And the only reason I learned it was because Google, like, yo, how do I get a raise? And I Googled, what can I do in my annual meeting? Because when I had my annual meeting, they told me I was getting a 30 cent raise. And keep in mind, I was doing all this extra work, but I came prepared. I came prepared. I, I Googled, what. this is the work I do. This is what I do. And in my area, it's valued at this. That's a very good tip for you guys to to get more money. Talk to your boss and tell them, hey, I do this type of work. And guess what? Around here, it's valued at this. I get paid at this, right? But when I pitched this to him, I had everything. He was like, "Uh, can you send this to me in an email so I can forward this to someone? Because like, yeah, you made some good points, but I doubt you're getting paid. People are getting paid that much for what you do around that area. And I showed him the statistic. Where did you find it? I'm like, I found it on Glassdoor and I found it on other places too. And he was like, no, no, but just write it up in an email and I'll pass it up. You know, maybe we can get you some more. Point is, I, that was so disrespectful to me that I don't know if you remember. That was February when that happened. So I started applying to other jobs. I was like, I'm out. And I was getting so disrespectful. I don't know if you remember. I would cry like, what am I going to do next? I don't even know what I want to do. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, what can I find that's similar to this? What can I find that's not similar to this? So I go to a different industry. I was scared. I didn't know my next step. But I love the fact that um, even when you got shut down, and I think that alone, like, sometimes that can discourage us, yeah. right? That can discourage us when you shoot your shot, and then they're like, no. Oh, yeah, well, you know, we'll look into it. And the fact that you were just like, no, like, I'm not going to be complacent. Like, yeah. okay, well, if I'm not going to get it here. I'm going to get it somewhere else. Yeah, and I, I feel like looking back, I respect that about my young self. Because, guys, when you're young, you're young. You, you lack experience, and... You you're do. learning. And, and there's this pressure put on you that by 20, 21, you need to know what you, you want to do or you're going to fail in life. Yo, you know what? Let me backtrack too. There was this one guy that um, one day I went to oh see him. God, yeah. I went to see yeah. him. You know, at this time, my partner here was was uh, doing some good moves, right? And I, I started getting into this whole mindset. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to flip houses, stuff like that, right? So I was reading books and so confident about it and... I went to uh, my friend who at that time was a mechanic and stuff, or at that time was my friend, or, or so we think. Uh, and he made this comment like, hey, so what are you doing now? And I told him, you know, I'm an entrepreneur now. Like, I'm, I'm going to flip houses. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that. And he flat out looked at me like, what the hell? Like, he was like, what the hell? You need to figure out what you need to do with your life, bro. Like, you can't be playing games like that anymore. You need a career. Like, you need to do this. Meanwhile, this dude didn't even have his shit together, and I, and I took that to the heart. Like that shit hurt me. And I remember I was so pissed. <laughs> and it just, yo, guys, it makes you realize that there's people in your life that you think are your friends. They are not your friends. Friends do not give backhanded compliments. Friends tell you how it is, right? 
But a real friend right there would have been like, yo, you better, you better go hard. If that's what you want to do, you better go hard. Not someone who's going to shoot you down. Not someone who's going to shut you down. And I know some of you are very young. I, I don't know. Guys and girls. For this, this is for both of you. Like, trust your gut when, when someone gives you a backhanded compliment. You don't need mm-hmm. them in your life. You think you do. You think the history there means everything. It does not. And it isn't something that I learned until this year. Like, we yeah. all, like... We all go through it with people who, who don't really want the best for us or want us to do good but not better than them. You need to cut that out of your life. Yeah. That yeah. that is what plants self-doubt in your life. Yeah, thank you. And I love that you emphasize on that because there are people when you tell them your dreams. And these are, mind you, dreams, right? These are dreams, dreams. that you wanted to do and will want to do, right? And when someone just flat out tells you or gives us a look, right? Yeah. Sometimes people don't say it. It's yeah, just a look. look. And you feel that energy. And... I know they said, trust your gut. Because sometimes it's not yeah. about what they say, but what you feel. Yeah. And you will feel it. And if you even feel that slightest, like, wait, did they mean it? Like, if you have to yeah. question what they're telling you. Yeah. There's, the, you know, that's, that's it. Like, it's that's a red flag. Feeling. Yeah, it's a red Talk flag. Talk about red flags. That's the biggest red flag. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I just try to make that point there that a lot of times you're trying to do something and it's not even yourself. It's someone else that discourages you. Yo, even before all this, like, you know, I feel like I was always an entrepreneur because when I was younger, I became a rapper. I was trying to be a rapper. <laughs> I opened up my own thrift shop. And if if you guys don't know what that is, was I used to have this hobby where I would go to stores to try to make some extra money. And um, I would I would buy, like, old vintage gear that, that was hard, like fashion, right? I would get it for, like, $2 at the thrift store and sell that junk for, like, $50. Like, you know, that was a thing. And I feel like people are doing that now. It's more yeah. mainstream. But it was like a little business I had before I even knew like that was a thing, you know? And I was experimenting with things. And that's what I liked about my young mind that, yo, I I wanted to get it, you know? I just feel like I didn't have the support group or or anything. And that's fine. I I experimented with it and I learned. I lived and learned. And the other thing I wanted to emphasize, guys, is like, you know, if I I can backtrack more, like just the journey from dishwashing to, to where I was at was not an easy road. I'm going to talk about the new, the new job I just got in June, and now I'm at a different place. But that conversation with my supervisor basically made me realize I need to get out of here. And I don't know if you remember, that was February. I started applying, and I got no calls. And I remember I remember, I remember, I remember it was that. April, and I, was, I would cry because I'm like, no one's calling me. My resume is not good enough. Like, what am I going to do? I started looking up factory jobs again. And then if you don't remember, I had to work at ShopRite. And, and there's nothing wrong with any of this, guys. People make you feel so bad for working at certain places. Man, fuck that. I had to. Uh, by this time, you and me moved out. We got our own spot. And I needed to pay the bills. And I was struggling. I was struggling. It was so hard. And, you know, instead of getting support from people, I feel like some people wanted me to struggle. Yeah. Some people were out here like, is he struggling? I am. I was. Yeah. And... And I think it's very important I that, that sometimes when we look at someone's success now, right? Because yeah. you are successful right now. And, and mind you, we're just literally scratching surface. Yeah, exactly. But knowing that you're, there are things, and I appreciate you being honest about this. Yeah. That we, we did struggle. You struggled. And it's okay to yeah. struggle. And I, I think sometimes if people are making you feel bad for struggling or are asking, oh, I wonder if this person is struggling. But it's a difference between you know, wondering to be curious or be a chismoso yeah. or whatever. And there's a difference between actually generally being concerned about someone and being like, hey, you know, like, if you, know, you, you, need, bro, if you need anything, yeah. just know that I'm here. You know, 
like and we've dealt with people like that yeah, who yeah. have been like yo if you need something like we're right here yeah. and and that's when you start seeing also like relationships right yeah. like who's really there yeah. in those rough times but also like thank you for just saying that yeah you, we were struggling you were struggling you had to take on extra like, jobs so like i was still at the bank yeah and it wasn't paying the bills so i had a, i got a job at Shoprite. i got a job at all these i got a job at amazon i was on amazon flex like di- little different things that i felt like i had to do because i needed that money and it was already may april and you know i was still making this shitty pay you know struggling at this job where they were making me feel un- unvalued and i started questioning my whole life i was like i'm not good enough and lo and behold in june it was june keep in mind guys from february to june I was picking up part-times. I was trying to do different things so that we can pay bills, you know? And lo and behold, in June, I get a phone call. I had applied to this random... I shot my shot. I was like, I'm going to shoot my shot. Was that another bank? Similar role to what I do, but a lot more money, right? And you know how Indeed shows you, like, the salary range? They had, like, a certain price point, and I was like... The HR lady called me, like, hey, you know, we offer this much. Um, I just want to ask, would you be interested? And I was like, she gave me an interview too, like a pre-screening interview. And I told her, well, I'm making this much. And guys, I lied. I'm going to let y'all know. I lied. I told her I was making this certain amount. And for me to move, I would need to make a little more amount. And I'm not going to lie. I'm comfortable enough to say what I was making last year. I just won't say what I'm making now because it's a lot more. (laughs) But last year, listen, from February, I went... I was making thirty six thousand a year. That's it's only like thirteen, fourteen dollars an hour. And then um I think they gave me a little more raise that I got up to forty thousand, but this wasn't even a, a big difference. You know, it was hard to pay that with the rent prices and everything that happened. And Mind um, you, this is in and this is in our state because it yeah, varies New, in New states. Jersey sucks. Yeah, I'm sorry guys, New Jersey yeah. sucks. Like <laughs> New Jersey, that it's really hard to live on these wages and I wonder how our parents did it. Yeah. As immigrants. And that's something I can't forget, you know. My mom, my mom raised two boys, making five dollars an hour, doing three jobs, doing overtime. So I told her I was at least making like thirty k over that. <laughs> and guess what? She's like, "Well, I'm gonna have to see. You know, I'm gonna have to see um, if we can match that. So I'll give you a call back later this week because it's gonna take a week." Yo, tell me how I thought I fumbled that bag. Like, I could have made way less than that, but way more than I was making now. So the next day, I I talked to you. I was like, no, no, I'm going to call them and tell them I'm cool with that salary that they offered me. I call her, the lady. I call the HR lady. And as soon as she picks up, guys, this is the next day. She said she wouldn't call me back till next week or whatever. This is the next day. I call her and I'm going to tell her, yo, I'm taking that job. I'm cool. I'll take the the cut that I I wasn't even going to take. And as soon as she picked up, she's like, oh, good. I was going to call you today. I, I got it approved for what you asked for. Yo, yo, I could not believe that, guys. I could not. As soon as she told me that, I could not believe that. I got that job. In a sense, like, I still had to go interview with the manager. But I got, basically, she was like, we're going to give you that salary if you're cool with it. And if you pass the interview. And as soon as she did that, yo, my whole life changed right there. Like, all those struggles, all those times that I cried. All those times that I that I, I had self-doubt in me, like, what can I do in my life? Like, I still didn't know what I wanted to do in the future at this point because the role I took was basically what I was already doing at the other job, which was uh, reviewing, like, online uh, bank account applications and just 
that's where I got exposed to the environment where I'm at now, but it wasn't that. It was just reviewing stuff. And when I got that job, all that struggle that I went through was worth it. It felt like I paid my dues at these shitty jobs. Yo, guys, I was a dishwasher. I used to clean fryers. I'd come home with my hands all fucked up. My hands burned at the factory. Um, it was the worst thing in my life, you know, working like an immigrant with all due respect. Like it taught me. And everything with more respect because you got to see firsthand yes, and, and, what our immigrants. And I respect every. I respect. Yeah, and I respect them so much more because I've lived through that. And guess what? I got that job. I had a great environment, great friends. And and uh, like and see, this is where you start seeing that light, right? That yeah, light. Yeah. They're very, very like a lot of struggling, a lot of dark tunnels, and it, I just wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit and know like, well. Yes, like you, you had already had the barriers of the corporate, right? Like yeah. negotiating, yeah, dealing with these managers that were shutting you down more than yeah. uplifting you, or even learning from other managers yeah. who were showing you the ropes to then be able to be where you are now. Yeah. But can you also talk a little bit about the struggles that you had being a Latino male uh, in a Latino uh, household? So I would always want encouragement from my mom or my brother. Because, obviously, they're the two most important people that I grew up with. And I've always had that encouragement from you. But, you know, like, as as a as a child, I mean, the inner child in you always wants approval. It always wants for them to be proud of you, right? But they didn't really fathom or understand what I was doing. So, you know, when I went from one corporate job to the other, uh, and I told my mom about it, with all the respect, you know, like, she kind of didn't give me the reaction I wanted. And it wasn't her fault. Because, like you said, she's trying to coddle me, right? So when I told her, she was like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to go? Wow, why did you leave? No, the other job. You know, they're going to give you raises slowly. Don't worry, you'll get there. And I'm like, I told her, no, this is paying me way more. Like, that's why I'm leaving. She's like, yeah, but what if they're bad? What if the manager's bad? What if you don't like it? What if within two weeks you're going to leave already? They fire you. You know, you're good where you're at. Like, comfort. And I get her. Like, she, she grew up as an immigrant. Our parents don't have that security. Our parents don't have that security to freely look for whatever, for jobs, for to better themselves. A lot of times they don't. Take that risk. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she just wanted to keep me safe. And I see that now, but I didn't see that then, guys. Like, I used to think, damn, do you not care? Do you not? Are you not happy? Are you not proud of me? And, yeah, that that's a struggle that I had, you know? I think it was important for me to ask that because I know that a lot of you guys sometimes, too, are in the corporate life and you yeah. want to share these, these great achievements or, or not like, even corporate life but, but you, cor- you, you, yeah, you achieved right. what you mm-hmm. what you achieved what male and female you achieve a goal you achieve something that you feel should be celebrated and they don't give you the reaction you want or they they, they make you feel worse about it right <laughs> yeah. that's how i felt like damn did i fuck up that 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 comment she made made me feel like she's right like i started doubting myself again and it's not an easy thing to deal with when you, when the person you want validation from doesn't understand it. But that's what I want you guys to understand as well, male and female. Like, your parent may not understand what's going on. And maybe sometimes they are malicious, right? But then sometimes it comes from a place of love. Like, damn, I don't want my son getting fired in his new place. Is it going to go good for him? You know, they, they worry about that. Right. And I, Yeah, and I love that you pointed out because... And, and again, regardless of anyone else's opinions, and it can be the people that you love dearest that may make comments like yeah. that or suggestions or whatever, give their two cents in, right? Yeah. 
but overall just sticking to what you feel and listen like those fracasamos like we will we'll, we will make like Simone. we will fail but you learn from that and it's okay to fail like you learn yeah. from failure and failing isn't really failing to yeah. be honest guys like i've failed so many times like i failed i've failed so many times oh yeah at least you know we think we fail yeah like you fall like you yeah you might try something and you don't succeed in it but the important thing is just to get up man to get up don't don't stay down it's okay to it's okay to cry at that point once you got that job you were working in an environment that you loved with co-workers that you loved yeah and it was cool meeting new people you know new environment at this point i was still shy though because Yo, you know what I noticed? The department I was in was like the only group of minorities. So it was like five of us. We would sit in a room. We were the only, mostly the only minorities. And most of these people at this bank were white. And guys, when I went to this bank, when I even went to the interview, bro, the corporate office was out of this world. It was high tech. You could drink beer there. They had coffee, lattes, every those machines. They, they brought food. Microwaves were up to date. Yo, you didn't even have to open a door there. Like, you swipe your hand and the thing's open. Yo, it was the most beautiful office I have worked to date, even where I'm at now. And that, to me, opened my eyes. Like, yo, I'm here. A, a, a Mexican first, you know, a Mexican-American, Chicano, is here. And a lot of times I would feel nervous at my old job at that corporate setting. I didn't want to be seen. I was scared. There were more minorities there, but it was mostly white, right? Like the top dudes. Mm-hmm. But here, it was all white, except for a few of us. And, bro, like, I learned so much here. And then I started learning, like, I was still a little shy here, right? Like, this is just last year. And I started learning. I need to come out of my shell. I need to represent, bro, because if I'm one of the only Mexicans here, my other boy was the only other Mexican. And the racist part was they would call him my name. And, oh, you know, right. like, it was... That. Guys, we deal with microaggression like this. When you, when you get to these settings, you're going to deal with microaggression from people who are of different color of you, who, who probably feel like maybe I don't deserve to be there because that's the vibes I get. And this is a recurring theme in my life that some people say it's your own self perceiving it that way. It's but just it's, you. It's you. But, it, but it's not. Head. It's not. And I can firmly say that. And I can debate anyone on that. Like, from my own experience, it's not that. It's microaggression. Microaggression is when someone says comments in a certain way, like, you know they're being they're being aggressive to you. They're, they're, they're being racist, bro. But but they're not, right? Like, and, like not flat out racist, but or 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 flat out hating, right? But but they're not. But but fuck that. Like I learned that I had to start walking with my chest high there because I am a Mexican male and I'm here. I I come from a place that's beat up that sucks. I, I don't have a college degree and I somehow made it here. And the only reason I did so good is because for my interviews, like. I went in there like with a mindset, man, I'm going to fake it till I make it in the sense like how I carry myself. So I went in there with this demeanor that I've never, I just activated and I went in there walking with my head high confident for the interview and I got that job. It was lit. Um, but what I realized when I got there was I started getting complacent. It was so chill. It was so good that like my learning was like getting hindered. But what I learned at this job was I wanted to be a fraud, a, a work, someone who does fraud, right? And in banking, what fraud was like, um, I, I would I would basically investigate people who were doing financial fraud, like uh, laundering money, doing illegal shit. Like I had to look into that, and I worked in a digital environment, which was amazing. And you know, I was making some money here. I'm not saying I was making mad money, but I was making some money that it interested me, it interested me enough to to continue this path. 
But what I realized, I was there for like only eight months, guys. And I shot my shot at another company because I just wanted to make more money. And I was like, I'm getting too chill here. Let me go somewhere else. So I applied to this Fortune 500 company. And I didn't think much of it, guys. For a Fortune 500 company, if I'm not mistaken, is um, one of the top 500 companies in all of the USA. So there's probably thousands of companies. But I'm in the top 500, right? And these companies are highly valued because employees employees are like approving of this, right? Like they give you they give you benefits, they give you good things, right? Like it's such a good place to work at. And everyone wants to work at these corporate companies, right? And it wasn't a bank, it was an online gaming. I'm just gonna say online casino. And I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna shoot my shot. Indeed said like 160 people apply to this application. It's not gonna hurt, right? Tell me how I get a phone call for this position. Like, hey, you know, we're gonna offer you this though. Like they gave me a certain amount, I was trying to trying to up it, but they were like, nah, we're gonna give you this though. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna think about it. Thinking that would work to get some more money, but the next day the dude called me. He's like, nah, we're still at that number. I'm like, I'll take it. And I had the interview and I was so scared, but I was so happy because I saw 160 people applied and you're calling me for one position that was open. Only one that was open. It wasn't two, it wasn't three. One position that was open and that's not the that's not including the people who have applied to this position outside of Indeed. Because now that I work here, my manager recently hired someone. He told us he received over five hundred applications. They're hiring one person. And I went to this interview with confidence that I've never had. Like I said, I was like, I got this interview, I might as well kill it, right? So I did research. And I've applied to this company in the past and I got denied. That's another thing. That's a good thing to know. And at a lower position. But now this is a high position that I'm getting interviewed for. It's for fraud. It's to investigate stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm getting excited talking about this. Like I, I got the job, man. And I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that I got this job. Someone who does not have a degree. Someone who has doubted themselves a lot in the past. And has not even, um, I, at this point in my life, I never celebrated myself. I never acknowledged where I was. Like, I would always shoot things down. Well, I'm only here, you know? When I got this job, and this is this February, I started two days before my birthday, my 27th birthday, and it hit me. How the hell did I go from just last year making no money to, you know, in June, I make more money, and now only February, I'm making even more money? Bro, that that changed me, and I'm I'm very proud of that accomplishment. Um, I told my mom once again about this, you know, and the same reaction again. Oh man, are you sure? Like you know, and I know she's not doing it on purpose, man. But that that's the reactions I got, you know. Yeah. But I also want to talk about how you handled that differently, and I think you communicated yeah, that as yeah, well. Yeah, this time funny. around, when she told me that, you know, within these months, I grew a lot because. I told her flat out, yo, stop saying that. Like, like you're making me feel like it's not good. It's it's not the best thing to do. Like, it's not the best move for me. And I communicated that to her. I told her this is the best move for me. I am confident. I am comfortable doing this. But you know, when I started, I was struggling for the first two, three months. And remember, remember, I told you like, damn, maybe she was right. Like, may maybe, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't have came here. And you were the one telling me, man, what? Like, you got this, you know? And I struggled for two, three months keeping up with the pace. Right, and and I think you also felt like 
you weren't equipped for yeah. the job. You were like, maybe I did, you know, fuck up because yeah. I'm not at this person's rate. This yeah. person's doing this and I'm not there yet. And I'm like, well, you also have to think you are someone who is an outside hire yeah. to begin with. And everyone, an outside hire. everyone on my team, guys, was an inside hire from that Department. from from that from that company. And I'm the only outside hire to this day. Oh, right. For a fortune. Yeah, yeah. And in this department, I'm not saying in the company, in this department, I'm the only outside hire to this day. And I'm proud of that because I went from a different industry to another industry. And no one taught me how to navigate corporate. No one taught me how to navigate careers. No one taught me how to navigate anything. It was just more a matter of fact that I have to take that initiative because I wasn't blessed enough to have someone to guide me, right? No one in my family I believe that I know of has gone to this route. And some people in my family make me feel really good when they hear about this and others make me feel like, okay, like, and I don't really care anymore, but I used to, but I don't anymore, you know? Right. And I love that because, I mean, for one, I'm very proud of you, right? Just And I know me guys, we dived into like this whole corporate thing, which <laughs> yeah. I hope you guys were able to take something out of it, but... I really truly believe that con todo lo que ha pasado, with all the barriers, you broke them down. Yeah. And with doubt sometimes, right? With the struggles, but you were able to do that. And now you're in a place now where not only have you grown in your professional life, but also in your personal, like in yeah. a lot of growth. And I think it's important to emphasize that you are where you are right now, but let's not forget where you started, right? Yeah. You came from... Again, like the hood, the slums, right? Where poverty was all we knew and we wanted more, right? But in seeing that it is possible yeah. that you were able to lift yourself yeah. up and push through the adversity. Hey everyone, I just thought I'd interject real quick just to say thank you so much for listening to the first part of this segment. It is going to be a two-part section just because we have so much to cover, as you guys can see. I really hope you guys were able to take something out of his experience navigating academia and the corporate world and being the first in his family to navigate that part of his life and his journey. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about a little bit more about growing up in a single low-income family home, dealing with the stigmas and expectations of being a Latino male, and breaking away from the toxic machismo culture, and also talking about being vulnerable and showing your emotion as a Latino male in a Latin household. So if you guys are interested in that, that will come out as well. So thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Here's to us healing, learning, and growing, and breaking generational cycles. I love you, and I'll see you on my next episode. Bye.